What is up, everybody? Back in our podcast. Today, I'm going to be reviewing the Timberwolves preseason as a whole, in which the Wolves went 3-1. and one. My predictions, are, or my prediction for the Wolves in the preseason was 2-2. Two and two. So I guess you could say they outdid my expectations a little bit. But let's dive into this. We got a few spike segments, and we actually do have some Timberwolves news to talk about after this. We have two news segments uh, to talk about after the... Um, uh, preseason review, and so let's, let's hop right into this. So first off, we have to start with the positive takeaways. These are like my top ones. I think there's a lot more positive takeaways, and when I get to the negative takeaways, there's definitely more than the ones I listed, but these are my top positive takeaways. Everyone on the team showed some natural expected improvement throughout preseason, which is good. Um, there's players who broke through walls of struggling early on, like in game three, like right before it, you know, the first two games, Anthony Edwards wasn't getting too many shots in the offensive end. He wasn't playing the best there, but his defense, although, by the way, was phenomenal. Um, game three, he finally got stuff flowing. I think he got 17 that game. And then last game against the Nets, who are the NBA championship favorite for next year, he got 23 and I think about 30 minutes of play out of a check. But um, he showed some natural improvement. Malik Beasley's a guy who definitely showed, uh, showed some big improvement. He was really struggling in the first three games, in my opinion, especially on defense. I think his defense still wasn't the best against the Nets, but it looked a little better. He made a massive block to stop a dunk um, late in the game yesterday, even though we still lost by six. If he would have got a dunk down there and would have missed that block, it would have been over way before that. Um, Jaden McDaniels. He was struggling in those first two games a little bit, but then game three, 15 points, especially led the way on defense. Like, he definitely progressed since then. Um, his fouls weren't coming as often on defense, thankfully. Like, he got fouled out against the Pelicans in game one. That was not his game, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Next big takeaway was the defense was looking really... Like, he was showing a lot of great flashes. Um, like, something specific that just came to my mind was last night when we finally, like, the Nets were on a 19-0 run, and Finch finally put back in all the starters, and the starters, our starters, went on their own 8-0 run, and that was led by, like, constant turnover after turnover after turnover they forced. Like, the Nets weren't even putting up shots on our defense right then. Like, we were just playing phenomenal defense. James Harden and Kevin Durant both on the floor. We just kept turning the ball over. McDaniels blocking Millsap at the rim. Like, there was a really good three-minute stretch last night that just really hyped me up about this our starters' defense for this upcoming season. Anthony Edwards is someone I have to highlight when it comes to defense. His defense looks phenomenal right now, like, compared to what it was last year. Like, I, we'll see how good it looks in the season. Like, he's going to be guarding some tough people in the season, but... He's guarded some tough. Oosh, I just hit my door, but uh, we're we're gonna be. He's gonna be guarded. He was guarding some tough people in this preseason. He was guarding James Harden a lot. A little bit of Kevin Durant last night. Um, Terrence Mann, who was a threat on the Clippers, he was guarding. Um, I can't remember his matchups against the Pelicans. I think he might be. It was Brandon Ingram for some points in that game, but I can't really remember those games too much. That was a while ago, but nonetheless. Last game especially, he was guarding two superstars for a lot of the game, especially James Harden was one of his matchups, and he was guarding, you know, bigger guys than Paul Millsap also. His defense looks phenomenal. 
Like, maybe he's not going to be, like, this extremely high-end defensive talent next year, but if anything, he looks much improved in that end. Cat has been protecting the rim better than I've seen um, in recent years, so that's pretty positive to me. Like, just his overall physique is probably the reason why that's happening. Like, he looks so much better right now physically. I think he's down to 225, and I've talked about him losing weight a lot and just, you know, him getting more in shape. So everybody knows about him and that. Um, Torian Prince has definitely impressed me on the defensive end. I did not expect him to look that good there on the defensive end. He's a he's a nice forward with size. Like, this year he'll play probably, probably small forward and power forward for us. Mainly the small forward spot, I would assume, but I definitely think a lot of the time you will see him line up as power forward. You know, he's a 6'7 he's a dude. It's not like he's small, you know. Like, he can play defense too, so... That's pretty good. Um, Patrick Beverly looked amazing. Patrick Beverly was just leading the bench unit in those first two games on defense. Like that was so awesome to watch. And then him, him and Kevin Durant chirping last night was awesome. Um, but he he's been awesome. Josh Kogi and Vanderbilt both are very good. Also, same with McDaniel's. Don't have to mention McDaniel's. The dude's already so good. McCogie um, he did miss the last two games, but he looked pretty dang good. Overall, just summing up, defense looks more improved. And my last big takeaway was not losing games to blown leads. It almost happened. It almost happened. Um, that was the first game against the Pelicans. We we snuck out with a three point win there. I mean, obviously, it was it was our third stringers. Like, I believe almost everybody who was closing out that game was just waived, which I'll talk about later. That's the new segment. Um, but there was still some players on our roster that did not get waived. Um, but we almost lost the Pelicans that game um, against the Nuggets. We didn't really blow a lead. We came back from a lead there. But it's just nice to see us not blow that lead, I guess. But those are my top takeaways. Now let's get to the negative takeaways. A problem that just needs to be addressed as the top thing is the defensive rebounding. Like, if you watch the full four Wolves preseason games and you watch you know, a decent amount of them last year, you can definitely tell that's probably the biggest problem. Like, our defense still might not be great, but this, actually there is another different problem I'll talk about later, but this is probably a top two problem that we have in this defensive rebound. Like, Carl Anthony Towns can only do so much. He, like I said last podcast, I think he's going to have a career year rebounding because of the struggles we're having on that end. Like, I think he's an average 13 plus a game. Like, Carly Towns every single night is going to get a double-double because he's hitting the glass. It's just, who's going to step up around him, you know? Like, if we're starting Jared Vanderbilt, he'll be, he'll definitely step up. Jared Vanderbilt, he's going to get, like, six or seven boards a game if he's playing 20-plus, 20 20, around 20 minutes a game. Um, I want to see improvements from Jaden McDaniels. I think he has potential to be a rebounder, but he just needs to add more weight, too. Um... It's hard to say Anthony Edwards for this because he's usually guarding people on the perimeter and Sanford, like, D'Angelo Russell and stuff. So it kind of just comes down to, like, McDaniels and then whoever else is out there, too. Like, I mean, it could be Vanderbilt, Beasley. But, I, I and, I mean, on the bench, too, Nas Reed has to step up on that end. Like, he is not a good rebounder. Like, I think we've known that for a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he is a backup center, but he definitely needs to improve on that end. So we'll see what happens there. 
that's probably one of my biggest takeaways. And another big negative takeaway was the perimeter defense. It's still pretty bad. Like, it's not as bad as it was last year. But, the like, the perimeter defense definitely is better. Like, you, if you had a guy like Patrick Beverly, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, there's no way your perimeter defense is going to get worse. Like, especially from where we were at. Like, our, our perimeter defense is going to get better this year. Um, but we still just have a problem of guards easily getting blown by, specifically DeAndre Russell and Malik Beasley. Um, like, I don't really know what to do with that. Like, do you just put them on an off-ball shooter? Which I feel like would be the best thing. I don't know how many teams just have guys that like are like Joe Harris's. Will they run around and just shoot? Like, I would plug and play Beasley on one of those guys. Like, someone who doesn't have an extreme amount of dribbling talent, but will just run around people and shoot threes. I think D'Angelo Russell and Beasley could handle those guys. And I mean handle them in, like, the sense of actually playing comparable defense on them, you know? I do have hope for Beasley on defense, though. D'Angelo Russell, I don't really know. But for Beasley, I definitely have some hope. And just the, the main point of this perimeter defense and the lack of ability out there is when these guys do get blown by it like well, let's put let's make a scenario here let's say James Harden is being defended by like Malik Beasley Harden pulls off a move gets past Beasley Nets are playing like a space five where everybody's around the three-point line corners maybe they have Claxton under the rim um yeah, they actually, they will have Claxton under the rim. Like, the opposing team has Claxton or, like, their big center under the rim. When Beasley or that guard gets blown by, it forces Carl Anthony Towns to decide whether or not he needs to take on the guy who got blown by his player or if he needs to stay stationary to the basket. Like, if Carl Anthony Towns goes and attacks that guy like James Harden, who's an elite passer or just really any guard, it allows the guard to definitely pass around him and get to a center who's going to be wide open, evidently. But if Towns, like, just stays back, it lets the guard shoot a wide open, like, floater, which is a pretty dang easy shot for a lot of guards in today's game. Or if it's an athletic guard, they're going to dunk, you know, at the basket. Like, if you give John Morant a lane, he's going to try to dunk over Carlton Towns, and we do not want to see that. Um, so if Carlton Towns would attack him, like, he's not going to even give him the chance to do that. Um, it's just it's just a bad situation nobody wants to be in. Like, and this this happened so much last year. I stated this in probably a podcast, like 25 podcasts ago. Carlton Towns just, it makes his defense look so much worse than it actually is when he has to constantly take on double teams because of the people around him. Like, if Cat could not deal with that crap, he would be looked at as such a better defender than he actually is. Like, he should not have to constantly go through that. It happened so many times yesterday against the Knights. I, like, if I had a dollar for every time Claxton had a wide-open dunk, I don't know, I would have a lot of money based off last night's game. Like, in just every game last season, I'd probably be rich if I got a dollar for every single time Towns had to be in a situation like that. Like, the perimeter guys need to get better. I would rather have them force a bad three-point shot and have it go in than having them get blown by, even though it would you know, it would be one less point. I'd rather have them play good defense and allow more points than play bad defense and allow less points, if you know what I'm saying. But obviously, throughout the whole game, I wouldn't want that to keep happening. 
um, but for a specific possession, that'd be pretty cool. So yeah, we got a few more takeaways here on the bad side. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he's played good in preseason. He looks very good on most of the offensive side, but three-point shooting, I'm not worried, but it just hasn't been going down yet. I think he'll catch along to it soon. It's a, it's a few bad games in a row. Like, he'll catch up to speed. He had a few in a row against the Nets last night. It just it maybe takes him to see it go down a few times in a game. Um, when I go to the Rockets versus Wolves game on the 20th, I really hope to see a few of his three-point shots. I really hope to see a dunk from him. Um, I still have not seen Anthony Edwards in person, by the way. I've seen most of the players on the team in person. I might talk about the end of the podcast um, because that stuff's kind of interesting. But I think Anthony Edwards will overall find his groove soon. And here's kind of like a funny thing I kind of put here. Please give the ball to the guards when they're bringing it up. I'm going to turn off my TV the next time I see Jared Vanderbilt bring up the basketball and turn the ball over. I have no clue why the dude brung up the basketball last game one time. He just doesn't have a sense of passing at all. And there's other players on the team, too, that do that. I don't know why they're doing that. Give the ball to your Patrick Beverleys of the world. Give your ball to, give the ball to Anthony Edwards. Like, like Anthony Edwards isn't like an extremely talented passer, but he's not going to make that pass. Like, Vanderbilt tossed the ball straight into the defender's arms. I mean, not straight into it, but he tossed the ball so lightly when he was bringing up the ball yesterday. Like, maybe like 10 miles an hour, 5 Probably less than, probably like 10 miles an hour. Like, you gotta throw the ball faster, dude. You're not a guard, so of course he doesn't really know that. But I just, I can't watch him do that again. And it, it pains me to see players who are not guards bring the ball up and then make a stupid pass. Like, that just should not be happening. You know, that's a simple mistake that we can avoid. Um, that only happened once that last game, thankfully. But it, it wasn't just him that did that. You know, there's other players that do that sometimes, too. Um, like, the only big man that I'm, like, confident in bringing the ball up, like, maybe once a game is Carl Anthony Towns. Like, his handles are pretty good. He's, his handles are really good for a big man, especially at his weight and size. Um, but other than that, please don't bring the ball up. Just hand the ball off to the guards. And that's it for my uh, negative takeaways. And this is my last segment for my... I'm just wrapping up the preseason here. Um, so let's talk about how does this preseason make me feel about the actual season. Overall, it definitely makes me feel a little better. Like, I'm not going to say it makes me feel a lot better because it's only four games and it's the preseason. But I'm feeling a little more confident about the season now after I saw the preseason uh, unfold. The new guys seem to add a lot to this team. I think Prince seems to have... like. After watching him play in those games, my projected role for him is bigger than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought he'd be, maybe be a guy who is not always going to be getting great minutes every night. But I think he's going to be a guy who's, like, really high player in the rotation that will even maybe start some games if, like, the right situation comes around. <laughs> like, it will be between him, Beasley, Vanderbilt, in my opinion, for that last starting spot. And, I mean, and, and Patrick Beverly too, probably. You can put him in there. The only thing with Patrick Beverly there is I don't really feel extremely good about Jordan McLaughlin playing the bench point guard. 
but I'm not like devastated about that either. Um, I just rather have Patrick Beverly off the bench. I think he leads that unit so well. Um, our depth also looks really good. We have a lot of guys that can plug in and play in different spots and, you know, just do different things. Um, my dad is making me jealous by sending pics of a cheesecake buffet when he's hunting up north. Wow, that's great. <laughs> now I feel really jealous. Um, we have a mix of players that can all help with different things. Like, if we need to get baskets, we definitely have, like, this elite lineup for that. And if we need, a, you know, like, say we're up 10 points and the fourth quarter just started, like, you're not going to have your starters out that You're not going to have your starters out yet because if they went out now, they'd probably have to sub out for some, some time in between there or the end of the quarter, or they'd be extremely tired. If they played a full quarter, even though Carthy Towns, I think he played two full quarters yesterday. He played the whole first quarter and the whole third quarter. I was shocked to see that. That was pretty cool, though. Um, by the way, Carthy Towns had a plus nine yesterday somehow. Like, we st we were playing terrible without that dude. He's so good. Like, we need Carthy Towns. That's a small, like, quick 20-second thought bubble. We need Carthy Towns so much, especially against the Nets. Um... But yeah, we, we have a lineup for getting stops too. Like, we just have lineups for everything right now. Like, I, I feel really good about that. Like, last year, <laughs> we didn't really have a defensive lineup. I mean, at the start of the season, we're talking. Like, what, what would have, it would have been like freaking Jarrett Culver, Josh Akogi, um, maybe Vanderbilt. Probably Cat too, because I think he's a better defender than Nas Reed, especially last year. Um,. McDaniels wasn't even getting minutes at the beginning of the season, so we can't really say him. Like, we didn't really have one last year. Our offense would have been so bad with that lineup. Like, our defensive lineup this year, when I think about it, it'd probably be Patrick Beverly. Um, I would put, I would plug in Anthony Edwards. I, I think I would plug in Anthony Edwards at the shooting guard spot. Yeah, I'd probably do that. But actually, if we're talking, like, early fourth quarter, probably not. But at the same time, he could you know, sub out after a few minutes and sub back in at the end. I've seen us do that before. But if not him, probably Josh Kogi, Torian Prince, or maybe not even a maybe not Prince or a Kogi, because we have Vanderbilt and McDaniels too. And then just Nas Reed, even though I think Cat's better defender. But we have lineups for that stuff. That's it for the preseason talk. Now let's get into some Timberwolves news, finally. Alright, so we finally have some Timberwolves news to actually talk about. And we have two different things to talk about. The first thing is the Wolves have waived Isaiah Miller, Brian Bowen Jr., Chris Silva, and Matt Lewis. This means they will enter a 48-hour period where other NBA teams can claim them on their current deals. All these guys do have current deals that are about to expire soon. I don't know exactly when they'll expire, but it's in the near future. And NBA teams have the decision where if they want to pick them up on these current deals, they can. But when this 48-hour period expires and if none of these dudes are picked up, they become unrestricted free agents. And they can go where they want. My hope is that Isaiah Miller stays in our G League you know, affiliate squad. Like, I really hope he does. Um, I've really liked him. 
I think he deserves to be on the G League roster. I think he'd be a starter there for sure. Like, he would be a great piece to that team. Um, I do see a scenario where if Nathan Knight or McKinley Wright is extremely impressing and we want them to an NBA deal, we can somehow convert Isaiah Miller to a two-way deal. Like, he's showtime. He is a guy that I want to watch play basketball. Like, there's definitely things he needs to work on. Like, he cannot shoot the ball at all. But he can dunk like there's no tomorrow. It's unreal. His defense is so annoying to go against because he's just so active on that end. Um, and he can score against big men under the rim, too. It's crazy. Um, but I hope we keep him in some way. And the other news is breaking news that just came out, like, two hours after we waved those dudes. It's Timberwolves sign Vince Edwards to an unknown contract. For people that didn't see my post on Instagram, um, you're probably wondering, oh, we signed him to an NBA deal. No, it's it's, it's most likely a G League deal. Um, most of you don't really know him because he is a G League player. My my assumption is that not, I'm 99% sure that this is a G League deal. I don't know how it could be an NBA deal. I don't know why we would sign him to an NBA deal. Um, last year for the G League Thunder... He was putting up seven points a game. So it's like, I don't know how he would somehow make an NBA roster all of a sudden unless he had like this, you know, insane, insane, insane growth over the offseason, which would probably not happen. Um, but he'll probably join the G League team here. I wonder if he's taking Isaiah Miller's Exhibit 10 spot. We'll see. But that's the breaking type news, I guess. Um... That's for the podcast. I'll talk about some random stuff here, I guess. Like I was taught the player, the players that I've seen in person on the team. I've seen Cat like multiple times in person. I have not seen Anthony Edwards. I've seen DeAndre Russell play once in person, and that was actually his first ever home game in Minnesota, like where he played. Um, I've of course seen Josh Kogi a lot. He's he's like the second longest tenured wolf. So, of course, I have. I've seen Nas Reed. I've seen... Actually, yeah. I, yeah I've, seen, I've seen Nas Reed. Um, I've seen Jaden McDaniels. I have not seen Patrick Beverly. I'm excited to watch him. Except for I just thought... <laughs> he suspended game one. And people keep forgetting about this. Jane, I mean, not Jane McDaniels, but... Patrick Beverly suspended against the Rockets that first game of the season because of his altercation with Chris Paul. Like... I keep forgetting about that. Patrick Beverly will not play game one of the NBA season for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So keep that in mind. Um, that's it. I do plan to put out my Timberwolves season prediction set slash preview this weekend. If I, for some reason, don't put out this weekend, it will definitely, 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 definitely become... Or, ugh, I keep missing my words. It will definitely come out before the season starts next week which is Wednesday um, but my hope is to get it out probably tomorrow um, but if I don't get it out tomorrow I'll definitely get it out on Sunday hopefully so we'll see how that goes that's it for this podcast thank you guys so much for listening see you guys next time peace